And welcome back, folks. It's your host, Jeff Shugarts, and this is the Stash It or Pass It podcast, your weekly report for everything crypto, cannabis, and culture. Crypto being our weather report, cannabis, the traffic report, and the anything goes culture report. Thank you again so much for being here. Week 15, episode 15. Wow. It's been a hell of a ride, my friends. And I cannot wait to continue this journey. You know, I had to sacrifice a little bit to put myself out there, to put these feelings and thoughts, this education out there, things that I truly believe in when it comes to the future of cannabis, the future of cryptocurrency, the future of Bitcoin, and the future of us together going forward together as one. Culture is a huge deal. We need to respect each other's cultures. We need to experience each other's cultures. We need to love ourselves and stop judging ourselves so we can love each other more and stop judging each other so much. But we got a hell of a show for everyone this week. So much is happening out there. Mark Zuckerberg has changed Facebook's name to Meta, and he has opened up a can of worms in the metaverse, and we are so excited this week to get down into it on the weather report with my new friend brandon boyd so we are looking forward to that we also chop it up about a couple crypto tokens in the metaverse one being mana in decentraland one being sand in the sandbox and we also dive deep into the luna ecosystem you are not going to want to miss this one folks and on the traffic report we chop it up with my man dr b and we just go through a list of some controversial stories, everything from what's happening in Oklahoma, Ohio, cannabis prohibition that needs to be ended. And we also get into it a little bit about Ennis Cantor, the People's Republic of China, what's going on over there, overall activism. And uh, we're always having a good time. You know, we had our strains of the week. We talk about some hemp and as always, We bless everybody with a little doob and don't. So buckle up, my friends. It's that time. Stash it. And next up, we have the weather report brought to you by our friends over at Invest Voyager. And if you go ahead and scroll down to those show notes, you're going to see a great referral link from our friends at Invest Voyager. When you spend $100, you're going to get $25 in free Bitcoin. And let me tell you, folks, when I say they're our sponsor and (laughs) they're not really our sponsor, that's because they're not our sponsor. I actually really use this stuff and I'm really trying to pass that knowledge along. And these referral links are great. And uh, it's going to give you a little bit of free Bitcoin. It's going to help me out too. And you're going to help produce another episode of Stash It or Pass It, baby. So from our friends at Invest Voyager, check out that referral link. You spend $100, you get $25 of free Bitcoin, baby. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. And welcome back, folks. As promised, here we are with my new friend, Brandon Boyd, who I actually got connected with through our other weatherman, Austin Barnard from Orca Capital. So you know our story about Austin and myself. And so I just wanted to let Brandon introduce himself. Now, he is uh, he's friends with Austin. You know, I know they met each other out in uh, L.A., but I'll let him take it away from here. Uh, yeah, so nice to meet you too, Brandon. Um, I also happen to run a hedge fund as well. We focus on crypto trading specifically. 
We are running about 40% month over month right now, which is pretty good. Um, and uh, yeah, doing pretty well. Excited to get into some questions and go over some stuff with you. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for being here with us. And, you know, like Brandon just said, he started his own hedge fund. So just being able to pick someone like his brain and, you know, talk a little bit about some of these other altcoins that we also bring up, you know, one of those being, you know, within the DeFi network that we've been talking about, and that is Luna. And now I know Brandon is a, uh, you know, is definitely a fan of Luna. If he, uh, you know, I'll share some of his uh, Instagrams and Twitter and all that, but, you know, he's definitely putting out some great information. So I'd love to uh, hear more about Luna from you. Sure. So Luna, easiest way to put it is that Luna is pretty much the ultimate alpha outside of like Ethereum. So what Luna will do and has already done for DeFi and for just network effects and everything that's like it's promising um, with uh, having a stable coin that's pegged to a coin is decentralized, not pegged to a dollar. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, especially with all of the information coming out in the United States right now with Gary Gensler and the president current, current administration talking about stable coin regulation, how they plan on doing that. There was a 23 page paper on it yesterday. Actually, I highly, highly, highly recommend reading that. Even if you don't understand it, you should still read it. Um, but what they go into basically is how they're going to make it so that only banks essentially are going to be able to have stable coins, which makes sense from a, you know, country's perspective. However, with Luna itself specifically, um, Terra Luna's entire ecosystem and Luna has a stable coin that is pegged to it called UST. UST is pegged to Luna, which is a token, not a dollar, which then wouldn't fall under this whole umbrella of stable coin has to be backed dollar to dollar by a bank because it's not actually backed by a dollar anyway, it's backed by this token, powered by it. And so I think you're going to see a very dramatic shift as far as like who, like what stable coins are being used over to a Terra Luna system, primarily because of just the uncertainty around stable coins in general and their regulation in you know, the United States, plus just globally, obviously as well. Um, so a decentralized world needs a decentralized currency um, and that's what UST does. Now UST, the stable coin that you know, is for Luna also, Every time UST gets used, so like I go buy $100,000 of Bitcoin with UST, whatever, okay? Um, every time I use UST as my trading pair, Luna gets burned. So when you have a burn mechanism inside of a token um, and it gets burned every time the stable coin gets used, the more use of the stable coin, obviously, the more tokens burn. I think there's going to be a dramatic uptick in LunaCoin or LunaCoin, sorry, um, in UST usage, which is then going to obviously continue to burn Luna. More Luna burns, less supply, less supply, higher prices naturally. Obviously. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you have 160 dApps being created on the system right now in the ecosystem of Terra Luna. Um, they have their own NFT marketplace, obviously, that's growing exponentially. The community is experiencing what's called a network effect right now, where things are just expanding at a, um, 
basically it's a 1.7 X rate month over month, which is like psychotic actually. Um, and you also have this upcoming event on, it'll be around November 14th, 15th, I want to say, where 90 million Luna tokens will be burned um, as in deleted permanently, like completely gone, um, which is 10% of the entire supply of all Terra Luna in itself. So the last time there was a burn like this kind of like substantial, it was with BNB, which I know that um, Austin from Orca right. is very invested in. Austin got into BNB at $4. BNB is currently at $548, which is, you know, <laughs> he got me at 40 so I appreciate him. Thank you, Austin. Yep. Um, but BNB, the last time there was a burn of this magnitude, BNB went from $40 to, I think, $460. Wow. So Luna's currently sitting at about $45 right now, I want to say. Yep. Um, you know, there's market caps and et cetera. Like the market cap on Luna right now is about 17, 18 billion. Um, when you incorporate the burn plus the other things, you know, let's say the market cap is really closer to 16 billion. Um, that's a 90 billion market cap token all day long. So there's like a substantial alpha on this token right now, just based on the current tokenomics, not even including the additional usage that UST is going to be um, basically happening. Um, so also to the ecosystem itself, um, the, the um, yield farming, your staking, like everything you're doing on there, you know, I think on average people are probably getting around like 9%, 11% on their staking. Um, you can get really cool with some anchor protocol and different DeFi stuff. Um, where you can probably get up to around 35% when you average all of it out with your airdrops and everything, which is substantial. Mm -hmm. um, the CEO of Terraform Labs, uh, Du Quan, is number one, a genius. Number two, he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> number three, this guy, um, this guy is the type of guy you want on your team. Right. So he got called into the SEC because the SEC really... Uh, uh, being respectful to them as an agency, you know, they were looking for information on um, stablecoins and they wanted to understand how they worked better. And he happened to be the best guy for them to talk to about. Um, so this is like the type of person that's running this organization. And a, he created a decentralized stablecoin, which has just right. never been done before um, for basically a time like this. So Right. Am I bullish on Luna? Um, I think that anyone that understands the tokenomics of it just in general would be bullish. Um, right. But the more you even understand like the ecosystem and what it's doing and that, that, that really, um, it's, it's exciting for people that hold the token for right. sure. And it'll be great for people that get in later too. You right. know, like I didn't even get into Luna until it was about, uh, I think it was like a 7 billion market cap or so. It was like 25 bucks a token, you know. Right. I right. had friends that were in Luna at, you know, a dollar. Right. Like it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where it finishes. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, it's like, look, whether you are in right now or you jump in, you know, and like the, I think the next bib is at like $77 or something. Wherever you jump in, then it goes to 120 something and then like 160s, et cetera. 
um, with the burning mechanism, like could it possibly get to like low 300s before the end of the year? Yes. Um, wherever you get in at, it's not, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, it's a long-term hold for me, obviously. Um, uh, yeah. 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 No, thank you for uh, that explanation. Now, uh, you know, myself personally, you know, I uh, had a little crash course with Austin where, you know, I got on all the different, so I actually have gotten on, uh, you know, Anchorage, got to uh, check that out, um, was on Mirror as well. Yeah. I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, so just some of those, there's kind of different levels to, you know, finding out about, um, you know, when you find a new crypto that you might like, a new coin, a new project. But uh, one of the things, just listen to you really talk about decentralized stablecoin. I mean, that got me, you know, that was one of the things that kind of drew me in. Even when I watched one of Luna's uh, videos you can find on YouTube where they explain, you know, some of this, how the burning mechanism, the coins and everything and uh, yeah. the UST. So it's, uh, you know, definitely really exciting because, you know, definitely with stable coins, that's something in, you know, maybe strategy or whatever um, on certain exchanges or something like Voyager or Gemini you know, where you can hold uh, stable coins, you know, and earn a yield or where maybe you're waiting for a dip or, you know, maybe you took some profits, you can put it into a stable coin, you know, earn a yield mm -hmm. there. So, um, you know, so being able to now, you know, learn more about this decentralized stable coin. And once you get on that ecosystem and just see, I mean, there's so many things that are so incentivizing to come on there and to learn. Like, for example, I know on that, um, you know, protocol, you actually get a, uh, you, know, you get a return or a yield for voting on the on the coins mm -hmm. that you're actually staking, which is like blew my mind. I'm like, you know, like an incentive to come on and vote and to like make this thing yeah. grow. And another thing that I really liked on there was um, the total value. Is it the total value locked? Where yeah, um, TVL. Yeah. yeah. So the TVL of that token compared to some other you know things I've been on like oh, Sovereign. Nuts. Yeah. So nuts. there's like it's like almost forty percent of all the the value of the token completely locked. Like everyone's staking. Right. Right. Like any, there's, there's hardly any that isn't locked. I mean, in, 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 yeah. I mean, to have almost 40% of the tokens locked is, I, I, I've never seen that before, actually, ever. And ever, I think it ever, was ever. Uh, on Twitter, like Mike Novagants or something. I always mess up his yeah, last name, but has, yeah. he was uh, tweeting about it one day when it was around like, you know, maybe it was vo being volatile between like five and 15 bucks. And I bought yeah. some at like 15 just to like, all right, you know, just so I would look at it. And then right. I'm like, you know, just not even paying attention to it. And Austin's like, dude, you got to check out Luna. And it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So like my girlfriend actually has enough Ethereum where I'm like, I don't really, you know, I like getting on Ethereum and playing <laughs> some of this stuff. So like, I like, Austin tells me that I'm like, all right, you know, I sold my yeah. Ethereum and just loaded up on like a big bag of Luna. I'm like, all right, man, I'm down. Cause I focus a lot more definitely on Bitcoin and, you know, trying to learn as much kind of those Bitcoin fundamentals or even like what it can turn into, what it's growing into. But, mm -hmm. you know, I really enjoy when I get off and get into, you know, another coin and try to encourage people to like dive in a little bit deeper and find right. out, you know, it's it's different than just buying and holding for sure. But um, that's one thing with this with Luna compared to some of these other ones. You know, there it's uh it's not like you're waiting to use this product. Like it is there and it's booming and it's going and it's growing. Versus like, you know, like I don't are, are Cardano's like smart contracts out yet? Or I'm not, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but uh no I'm you not know, sure. one thing about one thing about cardano that is interesting now that you bring it up is um cardano has quite the community right um, absolutely and one thing that i have learned is that regardless of utility regardless of economics regardless of market cap if you have a big enough community, you know, you can, you can kind of make things happen. Right. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like in the U S when we vote, mm -hmm. um, you get enough people agreeing on the same thing. You can, you can pretty much make what you in your head, what you want to happen, happen. Now, personally, I don't hold any Cardano. I will say that I don't have any, but I do respect it. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I do respect it. Yeah, I've um, you know, I've I've owned it, held it, you know, made a little yeah, bit of money I, here and there, but you know, it was more like I, yeah. Yeah, like I like Terry. I had I had a good run. I I turned on at eight cents and I think I um probably averaged out selling it around like a dollar seventy or so. So I mean I respect or do respect Cardano. Um but you know, there's a certain time when you're a trader where you have to look at things based you have to look at things like on your level right so like if my level of trading is that i'm an active trader it's probably not ideal for me to be trading coins that are super high market cap because there's not going to be a lot of room for me to make substantial amounts of right like for Cardano to double, it would basically, I think, be about half the size of Ethereum currently, okay? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is very likely to happen. Um, but, you know, I can get 2X on Cardano maybe over the next four or five months. Not bad, 2X, that's great, you know? Million bucks turns into two million bucks, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. um, or I could put that into, you know, a sandbox or a mana yep. and probably get closer to seven X. So one to seven, a little bit better than one to two. So, and now I'm glad you brought this up because we were talking about it earlier a little bit and it's all yeah. over what everyone watches on TV and that's the metaverse. And now he brought up sandbox and a mana because those are two ERC 20 tokens that are tied to two metaverses, you know, one being sandbox, one being Decentraland that are actively open for business, land is being sold, there's avatars running around, clothes are being sold, NFT t-shirts and shoes, hats, this thing is going. And yeah. uh, really excited to talk to Brandon a little bit about it because I know he's been sharing some stuff you know, um, you know, on his social medias and whatnot. And uh, just to get into it a little bit, so you brought up Sand. You know, I know that is one that, uh, you know, I know it's on Gemini. And I uh, saw the Winklevosses getting after it today a little bit on Twitter talking about it and, uh, you know, excited to, uh, to hear about it. So Sand and Sandbox. Yeah, so, okay. Oof. Metaverse. Lots so, to unpack. <laughs> I think the best, yeah, lots to unpack. I think the, the one fundamental thing that we need to come to agreement on initially before even talking about the metaverse is what that experience is going to be like for people and how that really changes everything. Right. Like 
I went to what got me so pumped on the metaverse actually was that there I live in LA there's um this wall over here mall mall over here Westfield Century Mall over in Beverly Hills Century City area and I was there and I went to this VR thing um in this it's called Dreamscape I think there's like four or five of them around mm -hmm. the world whatever um they put you in the headset and you they go into like this like theater room and you're like completely immersed like full full-on immersion like walking around like interacting and stuff and the first thing i did was i rode a dragon and i jumped on this dragon and i'm riding it all over the place and i'm looking around i'm seeing everything around me and i'm experiencing this world for the first time and i'm telling you i have um I've experienced a lot of really cool things. Like I've done a lot. And that was one of the top 10 experiences of my life. Like hands down, no question about it. Wow. Like yeah. full immersion. There's like wind coming in your face. There's like water and stuff. They really, really did it up. And it was very addicting. I did like multiple ones immediately afterwards. I was like, I can't stop doing this. This is incredible. Like I didn't want to leave. Right. And I was like in there. I did not want to go anywhere. Like you see your hands, they look like dragon scales. Like it was amazing. So I'm looking at, I'm in there and I'm doing that. And I was like, you know what? What happens when I'm 75, 85, 90 years old? I can't move around as much. I can't do as much stuff. I'm kind of stuck at home to most degree. Mm -hmm. Or I just maybe life didn't go the way I planned it. And I'm in my mid thirties and I don't have a lot of money right now, but I still want to like explore things and do stuff or maybe like did go the way I planned it, but I'm just kind of, you know, more of a homebody anyways. Like I'm just thinking about like different scenarios and I'm mm -hmm. going, okay, so I could literally put on a headset and be anywhere in this world or any other world that's created at any moment. And it feels just as real as this one. Right. And I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> right. whoa, 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 this is crazy. And then I could create my own world, my own utopia version. Like I think about, I travel like uh, a lot. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like probably like seven months out of the year, I'm like in some country, yeah. you know, and I love different experiences. So one thing I thought about too was, you know, just from like a personal standpoint, it might be kind of cool to put on a headset and be walking through Paris and then there's all these people around, but then I can click a setting and all of a sudden it's just me by myself walking through the streets of Paris, completely empty and vacant of anybody else, going up the Eiffel Tower by myself, you know? Just right. looking out over everything with no other people around just to see what it looks like, to see what it feels like, you know? You can do anything in the metaverse. It's the fullest possible expression that we have available right. of any of humanity, which is interesting because it's inside of a robot. But if you think about yourself and you... Um, don't go too deep into this because it gets like a little weird sometimes. I'm following. No, I'm with but you. Like if you think about yourself, like you have a body, but I'm not my body. Right. I have, you know, eyes, but I'm not my eyes. You know, I have this, I have, but I'm not those things. Right. Like I'm existing somewhere in here, right. you know, 
and I can now make anything I want that goes on in here happen out here. Right. That's insane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I know. So I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, go ahead. You're fine. I'm just like, it just blew my mind. And so I basically went on this deep dive into metaverse because I'm like, okay, well, number one, eventually I'm going to just work in this full time, like period. At some point in my life, that will be the only thing I will be doing because I really think at this stage of our evolution, it's the highest form of human expression. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's the only possible way. Um, Cause we can express, you know, what's, oops, sorry. Mm -hmm. We can, um, we can express what's in our minds. Right. Virtually. No, I see that. I mean, cause I've been, um, you know, thinking about it just the way you are talking about how we're inside of, you know, these are our hands, these are our eyes, but I'm not those things. Cause I've even been thinking about, say, when you get into some of these, you know, as this expands and grows technology, and it might sound really crazy now or far out there, but when you look at where we're at, you know, as far as like self-aware AI inside of the metaverse. So you have, you know, different you know, AIs that are being built, but then eventually you can, maybe they download into a metaverse and then they can turn themselves into a body and then they're running around right. a metaverse buying houses. And then, you know, it makes you think about, you know, how the Sims were and how that game was played mm -hmm. and then become, you know, AI becoming self-aware inside that world, but does he know how he got to that world? And then all of a sudden right. you start thinking about us on our world. How do we get to this, you know, and yeah, that goes sure into some of those old uh, simulation theories and things like that. But you know, I'm with you as far as like, I love, you know, self-expression, human expression, being creative. And those are the things like where I'm always going to stay, you know, open to like all this new technology, but at the same time too, like, you know, being trying to, you know, you got to balance that line as far as people getting addicted to it and things like that. But then I always think like, well, who am I to say that? Like there's certain things I love doing and I'm addicted to, but you know, I guess that's, that's just, you know, being human, but you know, I also see there being, you know, great uh, things as far as, you know, things they can do with school, things they can do with different yeah. work. And obviously with what we just went through with lockdowns and quarantines and whatnot, I mean, there's definitely something to be said, even, you know, you can be, you know, some old conservative conspiracy theorists, like, oh, well, that's how they're going to do it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you think about how much that can really benefit, you know, education, especially during, you know, if you're in a crazy, you know, a bad situation, bad country, different things yeah. like that. And, um, you know, I just came out of medical sales where, I already saw they had certain programs where, um, you know, they're getting people basically doing uh, metaversal operations just to start, you of know, course. practicing and things just like to learn. that. Yeah. Just to learn. So like you can learn painting from masters. You can right. learn. I mean, like you could create, you could recreate Picasso and have him teach classes <laughs> on right. art. Like you could, you can do literally anything. Right. Anything you want at all. Well, that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking about new jobs that actually could be in there, like where you might go plug in and then you can be this, you know, performer, creator, something that you might not be able to do, like in your physical form, but you can go to the metaverse and you can actually rock at it. Or, you know, in certain places that are overpopulated, there's not as many jobs. I mean, if you can plug into a universal metaverse, I mean, and that's, that's what we're talking about. Sand and mana, you know, these are yeah. both you know, tokens that are used, yeah. you know, in these metaverses. So do you know exactly how, you know, cause I know I can find mana like on Voyager, I have Voyager, but I haven't, you know, I'm actually going to jump on these and play around a little bit to check it out. But, you know, do you know exactly how they're used, um, you know, on those, you know, metaverse platforms? Yeah, so Decentraland mana um, has actually been being used, it's been used 
consistently for a while for concerts. Okay. Um, so yeah. Paris Hilton DJs in there often. Um, she just had a show actually about a week or so ago, I want to say. Um, you know, and they've been using it from that avenue, I think, just from like a marketing perspective and getting like users and stuff in there. Um, you know, and then uh, there's going to be like more and more use for it. You know, one of the things with like, I don't know how like your audience, like how much they're into like, you know, like details of stuff, but like um, Sorry, one man. of the reasons like I was, I wanted to try it was just because I thought it was cool. But also to the other reason was like Facebook changing over to now being meta right. company and they're going to focus only on the metaverse um, just from a basic logic. Like you don't even have to really think about it too hard standpoint. If Facebook is going into the metaverse, yep. okay, that means that they're going to start using a lot of these things. They're either going to acquire them or they're going to use the tech. They're going right. to do this. They're going to do that. No matter what's going to happen, anything inside the metaverse realm of like tokens, et cetera, will explode. Like the top 10 metaverse tokens right now are still under a 30 billion market cap total. Like total, the total market cap of all metaverse token, all top 10 metaverse tokens right now is under $30 billion, which is, uh, let's see, what's $30 billion? Um, uh, Doge is over 30 billion, Shiba Inu is over 30 billion. Um, uh, what is it called? Um, ADA is well over 30 billion, BNB right. is over 30 billion. You know, it's like all these other things that all have like value and utility are you know over that as individual tokens this these is like an entire ecosystem of right what's going to be the largest thing that ever happens ever is a big word but prop one of the largest things that will happen likely in our lifetimes is this metaverse and we are like at ground zero for it right so from a just trading perspective and like a management perspective and just like, you know, making sure you like have like, you know, like investments in these right. things, you know, I didn't necessarily even care what I was putting money in. Like, I just knew that there were, you know, I just picked out the top 10 metaverse tokens right. and I put money in them because why wouldn't I? Right. It would be insane not to. Now, fortunately the day I put, you know, a lot of money into mana, um, the next day it went up 3x, which was nice. Um, I put a tremendous amount of money into sand that went up about 50%, you know, about two days later. Um, you know, I think it's still climbing right now. And, you know, um, Axie also has done very well, obviously. Um, you know, VRA, which is a very underrated token, it's called Veracity. Um, I think the market cap on it right now is probably about 600 million. I want to say um, they're going to be heavy into the esports side of the metaverse okay. um, and gaming as well. So, I mean, I'm very, very, very deep into Veracity because at eight cents per token um, and 600 mil market cap, I think it should be closer to about 11 to 13 billion market cap. I think it's very undervalued. So, you know, it's probably a good like 15, 20 X in there that I'm expecting. Um, once it gets listed on major exchanges, which it will be listed according to the CMO, um, it'll be listed on major exchanges this quarter. 
Um, I did notice that Binance happened to, um, over the last 100 days, purchase 420 million Veracity tokens. So maybe that's a signal of what exchange it might be going on. I'm not sure. Um, it seems very likely. Also considering the CMO is an old executive from ADA, she's very connected with all these people. So it's, you know, it seems, um, I don't like to gamble with money. Um, right. I'm more, you know, very strategic with it. So uh, I'm gonna say I wouldn't have money in veracity if I didn't think it was, um, if it wasn't a complete alpha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't I'm thank you. Looking, yeah, I'm not looking for things that go through yet. So I'll put it that way. No, I hear you there. I mean, so you know, where do you do you see like uh like a sand and a mana? Because I know just this this week, these last couple of weeks, those have really been taken off. I mean, do you see yeah. you know those quieting down or you know showing no signs? No, not of at all. So right now, um, right now, all of the metaverse tokens, you'll start seeing them trade um, the majors. They trade between five billion to eight billion market cap. I look at things in market cap. I don't really look at things like on token price. Right. It's like yep. it's too, it, it, it's too, I think it's easier to think about things in market caps, um, at least for me. So they're trading between five to eight billion dollars in market cap. Um, I think as the time goes on, and I don't mean time as in like, you know, a lot of time, I mean time as in like crypto time, which, you know, a month is basically a year. Right. Um, and Facebook further, Facebook now Meta, um, further gives like, you know, their, what would you call it? Like their details and their, you know, information on how they plan on expanding this metaverse and what they plan on doing and whatnot. I think all of these tokens start to rise up to like very significant prominence, like top 20s for sure. So, nice. you know, what's five to 8 billion right now, probably closer to 15 to 20 billion in the next month and a half, two months, I want to say. Um, plus we also have uh, what in crypto is called alt season, right. um, which you know should be occurring basically between now and January. Um, so you know there's the valuations could actually, do exponentially better, um, as well as the fact that as Bitcoin's market cap increases, it's at like 1.5 trillion ish right now, I want to say. Yep. Um, and Ethereum's market cap keeps increasing as well. Um, it gives room for all of these other tokens to really shine. Um, because no matter what is going on, you know, in anywhere. Um, everything is still to a degree, it's starting to starting to separate, but to a degree, it's still connected to like Bitcoin, Ethereum being like, okay, like, I don't think you're going to be allowed to be more than X percent of Bitcoin's market cap or X percent of Ethereum's market cap. So like, that's why I know like with an ADA Cardano, right. like at a hundred billion dollar market cap or whatever it is right now. You know, you're not going to be able to get to that 200 billion or quarter billion or 300 billion market cap if Ethereum's only, only respectively at half a trillion, you know, like right. Ethereum needs to go to like 800 billion before a Cardano could get to, you know, 250 million, 250 billion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because they're all just connected that way. And yeah, then yeah. there will be a point at which that does 
change. Um, you know, right now the big thing with Bitcoin um, is obviously that the institutional investors on um, the banks are getting involved clearly at this point as well. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be a very serious run. Um, when Bitcoin really does run, it has not run yet in any right. capacity. It's, it's like just getting started. But even with Bitcoin going to the moon, okay, Bitcoin, I would say like on the high end, you're talking about like maybe like a 15 trillion market cap, which is probably about a 10x from here. Right which is amazing for large investors, right. okay? Like if I have half a billion dollars or a few billion dollars or whatever, you know, for me to have money in something that is not going away, that will be custodied by banks and that has, you know, that much upside while also having complete liquidity. Like I could exit out of a hundred billion dollars in Bitcoin, like no problem. Right. You know what I mean? It's like not going to be an issue. Right. Um, I don't have a hundred billion dollars, but if I did, <laughs> you know, I, I could, um, you know, so that's very attractive for like large institutional investors. But as an average person, you know, um, just from an investing standpoint, not from a utility standpoint, not from a, you know, this is the best thing ever, not from a, this, you know, fixes world problems because like it, 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 it might be, and it definitely does fix a lot of problems. Mm. It might be the best thing ever. And it definitely fixes a lot of problems. That's for sure. Um, I'm not going to say it's the best ever or not. Cause I don't know, but right. it does fix a lot of problems, but I will say that if Bitcoin goes to a $15 trillion market cap, okay, 10 X, What the altcoins will do would change generational wealth. You're talking about probably like on average, I would say a minimum of 100x. Like just throw a rock. Right. Doesn't even matter. Right. Like it wouldn't even matter. Right. <laughs> at all. You, you could literally just like throw a stick into a river and you're going to get 100x on it. Right. So, like, that's pretty much the stage where we're at right now. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't want to give away like too much like secret sauce. Cause I could like get in trouble to a degree. No, I don't want to like, get you in trouble, Brad. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I will, I will say that, um, you know, when you have people like Vladimir Putin, which, uh, uh -huh. I'm not going to say like any opinions about him specifically, um, cause they don't really matter. But when you have people like Vladimir Putin talking about trading oil futures on with Bitcoin, right? Um, you have people like um, Cynthia Loomis, the senator um, in the U.S. Senate on the Senate floor saying, "Thank God for Bitcoin." Right. Um, you have the state of Texas actively trying to become the top mining, basically a nation state at this point. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. You had the biggest thing about Bitcoin, and this is like the the, the only the only freebie I'm really need of guys. The biggest thing about Bitcoin that I found fascinating was in 2020, um, 
uh, presidential elections, all stuff going on, insanity, right? Um, right before the election was really going to happen, um, about a month prior, a month and a half prior, the state of Kentucky decided to go ahead and subsidize Bitcoin mining with electricity. They're like, we're going to subsidize electricity for Bitcoin mining. State of Kentucky is interesting because the leader of the Senate, the Senate majority leader at the time was Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell right. is the senator from Kentucky. Mitch McConnell basically ran the entire country. Um, right. uh, you, had a, you had a big farm around the country, put it that way. Yep. State of Kentucky is, you know, Kentucky. Um, right. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's Kentucky. Um, and the state of Kentucky essentially almost unanimously decided that they were, they were going to go ahead and subsidize Bitcoin mining. Um, the state of Kentucky is Mitch McConnell's state. This man has more information about anything going on than probably anyone ever has or likely will. Right. And he controls that place. He controls a lot of places, but he controls that place. Like just, he's the guy. And Mitch McConnell, with all of his information and all of his knowledge and all of his savvy and his political, you know, the guy's a genius. I mean, like him, hate him, doesn't matter. You cannot argue with the fact that that man is a, a genius. Um, uh, just, wow. And um, this guy made sure that the state of Kentucky was attractive to Bitcoin miners at the exact same time that China was kicking Bitcoin miners out of the country. And his wife has ties back to China too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah. Cause I've read into some different things around, but yeah. So then, so keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, you're fine. So when you have a 80 plus year old man that basically <clears throat> has a uh, control of a country, essentially deciding that he's going to make his state the most friendly state for Bitcoin miners just right. interesting right no i'm with you man it's I'm just interesting you. i mean that being said too because it's like you know they talk about the biden administration and different things but you know like joe brought in gary gensler you know gary gensler is might be a bitcoin maxi you know and then you know mit leading that kind of charge i mean so there's you yeah. know there's some different things where sometimes they might be playing sometimes i'm like are they playing dumb you know and then the whole thing with yeah you know usd or a uh you know, a central bank, you know, stable coin, things of that matter. But then I've actually read some things, you know, Edward Snowden, you know, likes to throw his two cents, has some different takes on, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, the government. And um, it was something along the lines of, you know, say like a stable coin that would be sent out to you in almost like a UBI or in, yep. um, yep. you know, like with what happened during, you know, coronavirus and things like that. But then it could have even like a time limit on it, or you can only buy certain products products with it things yeah. like that you know so it's just you know murky waters a little bit there with that but at the same time that could 1000 percent help a lot of people you know but then if you convert all everybody's money like that you know so 
obviously I'm going to be here for it. And that's why I'm so glad to be able to talk to people like you and share a lot of what you just shared with us. Cause Brandon, I can't thank you enough, man. I mean, that was, uh, that was incredible. I mean, I, uh, I actually took some notes myself. I'm going to digest a lot of this and, uh, you know, probably make some moves myself and learn some more. I mean, that's one of the funnest things about, you know, just doing this podcast and, you know, getting connected with people like yourself. I would love to, uh, definitely have you come back on. Um, you know, I'm going to keep following you. I got you on Instagram, got you on Twitter, you know, I'll share, um, you know, share everything in our uh, show notes, but, uh, if there's anything else you want to bless us with, man, I can't thank you enough. I mean, you basically, you know, you gave us a nice trail, um, you know, brought us up to the well and I'm, I'm pretty thirsty. So I, <laughs> I would, the, the only thing I would say is like, definitely, um, consider the idea of not your keys, not your crypto. Take that seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. I would take that pretty seriously. Um, um, no shade. I love finance, love CZ, love what he's done for the space. Yep. But yesterday, finance suspended all withdrawals because they were backlogged. And we haven't even come close to, if we were on an S curve of adoption, an S curve, it goes. Right. You know what S curves are, you know, you'll know what that is. And if you don't just look up the term S curve, you'll get it right away. S like the letter, Sam, S curve. We're an S curve. Okay. We're here. Right. We haven't even gotten to the fast part yet. So, you know, I would just like, I would really recommend um, learning how to store your own crypto, have your own keys. I keep a lot of money on exchanges. I'm not against exchanges. I stake right. a lot of stuff. And also, too, I understand, like, you know, you, you need to be able to, um, you, you, you want to be able to access your money when you want it. Yep. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. I, uh, you know, so great to meet you. And uh, thanks again, man. Yeah, for sure. Nice to meet you too. Have a great day. All right. We'll see you next time. And next up, we have the traffic report brought to you by our friends over at Choice Kingdom Trust. And yes, that is the Choice Kingdom Trust app. And I got a, a great referral link for everybody to check out down in the show notes. With this Choice Kingdom Trust app, you're going to sign up, use my referral link. You're going to get $50 in free Bitcoin by opening up a Choice Kingdom Trust Roth IRA. I personally use this. It's a great service. It's incredible what they're doing. Personally, I've rolled over multiple old 401ks from old jobs that I've had. And I've been able to buy Bitcoin with it, you know, other traditional assets with it, like Apple stock, Microsoft stock, AT&T, Ford. You know, I like a little dividend dinosaur myself, but it allowed me to buy a lot of Bitcoin, which I couldn't do in my old 401ks or in some other, you know, legacy traditional IRAs and whatnot. So again, this segment is brought to you by our friends over at Choice Kingdom Trust. We got a great referral link down in the show notes right there. When you sign up, use my referral link. You're going to get $50 of free Bitcoin, baby. That's from our friends at Choice Kingdom Trust. 
they're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. And we're back, folks. Week 15, sitting here with my man, Dr. B. How we doing, my friend? Doing well, man. It's nice and sunny out today. Um, nice little reprieve. It's been cold and nasty out, so absolutely soaking up, soaking up the rays. Hey, coming at us live from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting down here in Charlotte myself, and uh, just to get us kicked off here, you know, before we got on here live, I stopped by a new dispensary. I guess you could call that in Charlotte. Now this is a CBD store, and uh, it's called Blue Flower. And they actually actually are selling, you know, hemp flour and uh, some really good stuff. Picked up some electric buffalo. Now that's straight CBD and uh, really cool packaging here. It's actually recycled. And uh, so not a lot of plastic. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, that's a rarity. I'm, right. And then in this store, so it was a CBD store, but they still kept it like old school. Had, you know, really big like mason jars full of different buds. Oh, and nice. It was really neat. And then you could also, they had their buds on display in these little cool containers you could pick up and it had a magnifying uh, glass. Yeah, with a little magnifier. I love when dispensaries have those. Right. But yeah, so if you see here, I mean, this is tough on TV, but I mean, yeah, this man, is, looks good for hemp, man. Right. I mean, some Price fire. Yeah. Right. So I grabbed some uh, electric buffalo hemp. Now, then this is so I'm still getting some mixed uh, feelings about, you know, Delta eight. Now, obviously, I've smoked some Delta eight on here, used the pens, different things like that. But the more I've learned about it, the more I'm like, you know, I've heard about them spraying it like the distillate and then spraying it with yeah. acetone and different things like that. But I mean, one, yeah, a lot of it probably is sprayed with distillate. Right. So I picked um, up, you know, I got one gram. So this is some Delta eight from there and this is on. Oh, really? Yeah. So Delta eight hemp. So they take CBD hemp and then there's two different ways that are like a little more clean. One, they said something about like how you can like freeze it like on the hemp somehow. And then freeze, um, freeze what? what are we talking about? I don't like somehow like they something that the, the Delta eight is mixed in. I don't know if it's a distillate or what. And like, it's like, they, oh, okay. gotcha. like how they freeze it and extract. I don't, I'm not, but it was kind of weird, but this one wasn't like that. This was just normal. Uh, you know, they put it on just there with flour. the distillate. Yeah. So, is and it, it's a, it's doesn't, it's not sprayed with distillate or anything though. Is it? Was no. So this is CBD flour sprayed with distillate yeah. Delta eight. Oh, okay. So that's right. how they put, that's how they sell Delta eight flour. So it's, I didn't buy a lot of it. I just wanted to like, I've never, you know, actually had any, but this one, I don't know. It's a little more dense, darker, but it's very like sticky. So I'm guessing that's like the distillate. Right from the distillate. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you know, also I had here, now this is uh, some legal cannabis that came from a uh, dispensary, the company Live Well. Oh, nice. It. So I got that. And, uh, you know, this was just a, uh, a gift from, uh, a family member, but it's some ghost dog gold. Ghost dog. What state is that from? Um, I believe this is from uh, Colorado. It was right on the okay. border of yeah, uh, yeah. Colorado okay. and New Mexico. Gotcha. Right? I believe something like that. But, but yeah, so I actually took uh, so took all three of these, grinded them up, just did a little bit of like the actual THC flower, and it was uh, you know, this this was a twenty four percent grade, obviously. Or 24%, you know, THC. So kind of high there um, at times. But you know, put a put a little bit of that, a little bit of the electric buffalo and a little bit of delta eight, mix it all together. And 
you know, just ride, hey, riding high. <laughs> nice. You know, yeah, man, so. that's a hell of a little, that's a nice little cocktail. <laughs> right. Right. So, but, um, but yeah, man, we had, uh, had some interesting things happen this week. Um, you know, I know me and you and Jake were talking earlier just about what was going on with uh, some stuff in the stock market. And that was JP Morgan. You know, they're not, uh, what is it? Not letting people now like buy any more new uh, cannabis securities until they yeah. are uh, uplisted. So, yeah, you know, I've seen some different things that Jake's already been sending me to. They've been talking about it on CNBC where, you know, maybe a kind of a, I don't know, a little uh, drastic by them, uh, some would say. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was wondering what you think about it, because, you know, obviously both of us are invested in a lot of those companies that actually, you know, make money. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think for JP Morgan and Chase, it's probably more just they want to have a clean image. And, you know, it is it's still on the fringe since they're over the counter stocks and cannabis is still federally legal. federally illegal right um but you know i'm i I feel like all that stuff's going to change sooner or later i don't know i don't know what what their thinking was behind it um but i don't think it's that big of a deal but but in the meantime it's there's been nothing but bad news for pot stocks um honestly not that bad of news but just nothing's been happening so they've just been going down down and down um and stuff like that doesn't really help but for me i just see it as a buying op um, absolutely you know I mean, i didn't expect prices to ever get this low again so it's kind of honestly a, a blessing right so yeah green thumbs down at 19 right now actually right when i saw I green thumb go under uh yeah i never thought i'd see it bounce below 20 right so uh definitely see it as buying opportunities so obviously in the short term you know me and reed this is just friendly advice we're uh just enjoying this ride but uh we don't know what's going to happen in the short term, but I can tell you in the long term, this thing is still going to fucking ride, ride its way up, up, up and up. You know, there's all there was actually some reports out, you know, this week um, in terms of, you know, federal legalization or potential things that could you know happen. And, uh, you know, right now, obviously, President Biden, a lot of a lot of different things coming on. So, you know, me personally, I think he could use this win. But uh, we, I just read this on uh, on the blacklist. Now the blacklist, X Y Z, great follow. You know, check them out if you're interested in uh, keeping up with some of this stuff. But uh, they actually uh, looked into this, and uh, congressional researchers say that they think that he could basically, you know, he can't do an executive order to say, hey, you have to, and then he could decriminalize it, but he could make an executive order to who can decriminalize it so then they could do it so kind of a chain of command type thing but they also looked in deeper to this now president biden now if he wanted to he could also use his powers to pardon now they said he could pardon on a mass on a massive uh on a massive scale too so he could either individually or on a mass scale grant clemency to people facing charges over federal marijuana offenses and then that blanket amnesty could also apply to even people who have committed, but who have not yet been charged and completely get them all out of jail. So yeah, that's a big win there too. And I mean, just reading that and seeing it now, um, you know, the agency that looked into this, it was the congressional research service. So the CRS. And uh, when they examined this, they're basically looking at, does the president have the power to legalize marijuana? 
And, you know, because they're basically saying it's been an idea that's been raised, you know, at one point, Bernie Sanders said day one, you know, I'll legalize, you know, marijuana, things like that. So really interesting, uh, really interesting piece of uh, data, really, that came out. So that is interesting. I don't see Biden doing that. Um, He (laughs) seems to be stuck in the old school. So I think we'll probably still be waiting on Schumer and um, Booker to pass their legislation, which will have probably some comprehensive, um, you know, pardoning or I right. guess well, forgiveness of weed charges. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. I doubt Biden's going to do anything though. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, we can make it a Biden bashing if we wanted to, but that's not what we're here to do. And no. uh <laughs> But the uh, another thing I just saw, you know, the same thing. This actually happened in Athens, Ohio. And I think this is something that can be examined a lot more because I know in New York City or not New York City, New York State, they change these laws as far as uh, reasonable cause to search a vehicle. And they change like even to the point as far as like violations to pull someone over, like have to reach like a certain level. Now, um, and that just made me think. So, you know, Athens, Ohio, somebody got pulled over who was, you know, had pounds and pounds of pot, you know, on them, you know, cannabis on them. So was doing something illegal, which whatever. But I'm just saying as far as the probable cause to search this vehicle just because it smelled like cannabis, I think is kind of bullshit. Right. So he's in a medical legal state, Ohio. He's from Michigan, medically legal there. And his license plate was from Florida, medically legal there. So, yeah. Yeah, my car's allowed I think to smell. will end up at the Supreme Court eventually where they'll have potentially have to make a ruling on stuff like that. Um, right. Just because there's so much overlap with the states just kind of just, you know, it's it's a patchwork of laws right. across the country. So, yeah, I think that guy, they, they said he was speeding. And then when they right. went up to the car, it smelled. So it's like, man, you got to not be speeding. But, right. you know. Which makes you think too. It's like, man, you drive. And when I'm like, if yeah. I'm driving, period, I don't like the speed really. But if you're driving around with a bunch of weed, why are you speed? <laughs> yeah, you got to be super duper extra careful. Right. So, I mean, anyways, there was a there was another story that I saw that came out, and that was uh, in Oklahoma that we were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, would love to hear uh, hear your take on that because uh, I know in the in the uh, the bones of that story. So there's 8,500 grow operations in the state of Oklahoma in comparison yeah. to California has about 4,000. Yeah. So, um, Cal, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but, uh, as far as black market cannabis goes, California is where it began and kind of where it ended up, up until recently when Oklahoma legalized and Oklahoma became the, the wild, wild West, man, people, moving there and you know you got let's say probably the top five most cannabis heavy states are california colorado oregon michigan um maybe throw washington in there um but those are like the five that you know the most forward on it and have generally been the largest suppliers of black market product um but you know once once oklahoma opened it up you know, they're not tracking how much you're growing and all that stuff. So a bunch of investment and money and a lot of, a lot of top growers and, and right. stuff moved from these states that had traditionally been the hubs of black market cannabis um, to Oklahoma. And it's a free for all. And yeah, like you said, they're Oklahoma's claiming that they're the number one, they've, they're the number one supplier of cannabis for the black market. 
um, now. Um, and I think that's a lot of people in California are going to be butt hurt by that. Um, they've traditionally been the, the hub, but now that Cali's fully wrecked, um, and they've really gone hard after illegal grows. Oh mass, yeah. Massive raids. Um, and they never really used to do that. Um, so it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people in Cali are scared and would rather just go the legal route and, and do that. So I, I do, I, I tend to believe that Oklahoma probably is one of the top, you know, it might not have eclipsed California yet, but it's going to be close. And I think within a couple of years, if things keep going the way they are, Oklahoma will by far be the largest um, supplier for the black market. Yeah. And I got this, uh, this article pulled up here and um, just to read some of these stats, you know, there are 8,500 medical marijuana grow licenses in Oklahoma and agents say 25% of them are run by criminal organizations from places like China, Russia, and Mexico. Yeah. Which that's kind of how it's always been in California too. Okay. But these, you know, Cali started cracking down on them um, because we've shared some of the stuff on blacklist where some of the raids and so yeah, right. massive, massive yeah. illegal growth. I mean, they're you know? going after, it's almost like cartel type stuff. Yeah. And so then, they, the, the cartels and the Russian mob and the, right. you know, Chinese, yeah, China's always played a large role in North grown in San Fran area and NorCal and stuff. There's a lot of Asian growers there. Um, so yeah, they probably said, why not? The heat's not, the heat's in California. Why not move to Oklahoma? Right. I mean, as this says, uh, so OBN agents in Oklahoma, these are like some Oklahoma federal, federal Bureau of narcotics. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> so agents say true ownership is often hard to determine because illegal operations use ghost owners where an Oklahoma, a Oklahoma person may be listed as a property owner for 200 farms and a shell and shell corporations are used to hide true ownership. So I just thought it was crazy reading this too, because you know how I was just out in Oklahoma yeah. and you know I saw like an incredible operation. Now this is Dabbergrass Farms, and who I was actually out there with was um, Season Partners, and they're a compliance you know company for yeah. for you know this very reason, right? Because of the things like this that are going on. So yeah, definitely seeing this, and after seeing you know at scale out there some of these yeah, operations, yeah. yeah. But uh, just to think that there's 8,500 of what I saw, you know, and then there's, you know, the things that are going on under the table, because, you know, in this article, too, you know, they talked about how they were, you know, tracking some stuff, making it to the East Coast and things like that. So, you know, definitely something we'll, uh, you know, keep uh, keep an eye on. But um, things that we've talked about on the show, too. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, looking forward to the future as well. We're going to have uh, some really cool guests coming on the show soon. And uh, one is Jason Spatafora. Am I saying that right? Spatafora, yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, Jason Spatafora. Me and Reed will have him on here. Uh, you know, he is a, a cannabis activist, you know, really big in, uh, you know, this cannabis stocks, investments. You know, I believe he started his own hedge fund as well. Um, you know, this is a big guy on Twitter, you know, definitely check him out on Twitter. I mean, he's got, yeah, I mean, he's you know, on, he's on CNBC almost every day too. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And he's agreeing to come on And another one that's going to be fun is, uh, Andrew Yang. So, you know, he, uh, just started his own political party, apparently the forward party. And, uh, yeah, I bring this up too. Obviously we talk a lot of politics, you know, as it's, um, you know, geared towards cannabis legalization and different things, legislation going on, but, Read myself, you know, we've always been, you know, kind of a little poli sci 
uh, guys ourselves. You know, Reed was a, a poli sci major at uh, Ohio State. So if we actually get the Yang Gang on here, man, it's going to be a hell of a deal. Now I tweet at him yeah. on Twitter, and he hit me back. So uh, someone from the campaign, yeah, even, even having like a campaign manager, or, you know, one of his people on would be great. Pick their brain and right. Ask so. them about a lot of the stuff that we talk about on here and what they their thoughts are on it and what they would do right politically to address some of the you know the the issues and whatnot right. makes you wonder because i mean he uh he paints a pretty cool picture i mean we'll see what he's you know what it comes down to i mean if he got on this show if they were like hey you can only ask this this or this or whatever <laughs> that'd be interesting but uh yeah, yeah. if we get him did they make a sign of nda or something or yeah right like <laughs> and i try probably that's the thing too it makes me think about you know people that get guests like that but they want to be on their good side so are they gonna like press them or are they like gonna yeah. be nice to yeah. them i don't you know i mean but... dude, we're, you, you gotta press a little bit you know yeah to, like, be an asshole or right, right something out of the out of you know that's disrespectful or anything but you know right and that's one you that's know, what's great about too. You better be able to work around if you want to answer something with just a little practice. Right. Right. We might get him get him on air. We get him laughing. All of a sudden he's telling us about how he used to smoke weed. No. <laughs> yeah. And then they they he he ends the show and his campaign manager's like, you just fucked it. <laughs> no way you're winning the election now. What did you do? Oh no, man. But uh yeah, I mean, speaking of, I mean, it just shows how great uh kind of how great we have it being able to do stuff like that because uh i'm just looking down here at my list the next thing i had written down was a little in his canter update oh, yeah. and uh you know we talked about that last week you know we called out nike and uh you know kind of about that slave labor you know in his canter is a uh is a muslim from turkey now i looked into it and he was actually him himself he was actually born in switzerland because his dad was getting his md at the time and that oh. and then they moved back to turkey where his dad was a, a professor and then his dad was arrested by the Turkish government, you know, after, you know, Ennis Cantor had been, you know, um, you know, an activist and speaking yeah. out against him and things like that. And his dad was in jail for like seven years, which is pretty wild. And uh, he's still in jail now, isn't he? Or no, I think so. He just got released. Oh, and okay. um, yeah. And I mean, just uh, so just bringing it up, you know, the latest is, He's, um, you know, he's not stopping. He just made another pair of shoes. He's going to be wearing uh, for like a free, um, free Hong Kong. Now he's kind of gone down the list. I think it's um, pretty sweet, man. Good for him. I, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, love you it. got all these N NBA players and athletes that like, it's cool if you're a social justice warrior, but you can't be a social justice warrior and you care about alleged, you know, civil rights infractions in America. Meanwhile, you're making money off literal slave labor in right. China and you want like LeBron. He, the second uh, that stuff went down with China last year in the NBA season and China threatened to ban the NBA, everybody in the NBA turned on the, the Rockets GM. Um, right. And LeBron was so quick. It's like, dude, you can't be a, a right. social justice warrior and not fucking stand up for literally literal concentration camps, work camps, you know? Right. And that's uh, absolutely, I mean, that's what Ennis Cantor's calling out. We've been talking about it more and I don't think we should stop. And that is, you know, there are legitimate, you know, Muslims. This campaign has been going on where the Chinese government, the People's, uh, People's Republic of China has been putting Muslims into 
work camps, concentration camps, they call them vocational training camps. Okay. Internment. Yeah. Well, and then what's the other thing? It's like what we used to do to the natives, um, native Americans, um, like re-education America. camps, re-education. Yeah. Where they, you know, strip them of their cultural identity, their religion, and try to force them to fit in with, you know, what, what right. they want the ideal Chinese person to be. And that's like, and they're doing it in the name of, uh, what is it for like their terrorist like security yeah, they, yeah. you know and then i know i had looked at a story one at one point they did a clean sweep and went and like grabbed up like two hundred thousand people that shared like a uh you know some muslim prayers over like over whatsapp or something like that unbelievable like a clean sweep and they were even put they put some people in like these camps that like don't even that didn't even live in china like they were visiting china and so you know, this stuff's on the BBC. I mean, you can go read all these articles about it. And so that's why I'm just, you know, want to talk and give more props to him because he's not letting up. Yeah, take some balls, man. Yeah, I mean, take some big balls, man. I mean, right now, too. I mean, that being said, you know, we talked about China, you know, last week, too. They're they're gearing up for war. You know, they just yeah. doubled their nuke supply. I mean, they have, like, more power now than they've ever had. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, as far as an athlete getting involved in, you know, some civil rights activist type stuff. There's really nothing that compares to what he's doing right now. Right. You know, absolutely. Like, I mean, you know, Colin Kaepernick definitely got blackballed, but yep. to have Enos Cantor, it's a different situation where you got a regime in Turkey where, you know, they could kill his dad. Right. You know, um, he can't go and, back to Turkey or else yeah, he'll get arrested. And, and he's pissing off the most powerful country in the world. Or right. One of them, you know, America and China. Right. Um, I mean, to the point where in China, you know, he plays for the Boston Celtics. You know, you got the Celtics and the Lakers, probably the two most prized like yeah. NBA teams. And then China is like they love basketball more than we do, have more people like watch it more yeah. than we do. And they're not playing Celtic basketball games are taken off the Internet and they don't exist in China anymore. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we got a little bit outside the uh, traffic report there, but, you know, we uh, you got a doob and a don't for us this week, my friend. Oh shit! I didn't even think of one of those. Uh, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> well, I know I, I got a I got one. I mean, this is one we've talked about a little bit before when we talk about don't doing don't do hot dabs. And you know, I have you know in the past, me and Reed used to joke about this because I'd say like when Trump was doing his "Make America Great Again," um, I'd always be like, "Oh, make flour great again," because I was like, "Yeah, get people to stop dabbing and ripping pins everywhere." And uh, get back to the basics, sitting around, you know, sitting around and, you know, rolling shit up together. Yeah. But um, and uh, I saw, you know, a little report and I just started following her. She's a she's a doctor, but she's pro cannabis. And uh, just talking about, you know, when you are vaping, you know, keep it on a low hemp uh, setting. And when you do hit it, that actually was what I was thinking I wanted to do this week. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it on a very low setting because the metals are leaching out. And yeah. Yep. And I've always told people to do that. Right. You always, you told me to do that like a long time ago. And then because yeah, uh, people will be like, oh, my pins, my pins fucked up. The liquids melt now, the taste bad. I'm like, dude, you're literally just burning the shit out of it. The, so it's bad. It's carcinogenic when the, the temperature of the distillate or any, whatever's in there is hot. And then on top of that, yeah, the science is starting to show that when it's super hot, you know, toxic met- metals can come out from the actual cartridges and the pins right um leach into that so yeah as low as possible yeah keep it on the low temp and then never take a pull till the thing blinks now it might 
you know, be dead and blink. But, you know, when you're taking like those 30 second pulls, you should never take it all the way to the blink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would recommend just get one that has multiple settings, put it in the lowest setting. Yep. And, you know, just fucking don't don't hit the hell out of it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Right. If you're trying to like, you know, yeah, the longer the longer you're holding it, the hotter it's going to get to. So right. if you're doing a 15 second hit and holding it down for that long, like you said, you don't want to let wait till the light blinks and it shuts off because it's just getting hotter and hotter. Right. So just right. hit it for a few seconds. Let it cool down. Hit it for a few seconds. Let it cool down instead. Right. I would recommend. Yeah. Cause that's the thing too. People be like, Oh, this thing's leaking. This thing's that be like, nah, man. Like that's probably cause the way you're heating that shit up. Yeah. Cause you're fucking burning it at 700 degrees. Right. And that's the same thing. We talk about that big cloud culture and like, no, that ain't part of that. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want big clouds, like just go hit a bong or something, like stop doing all this weird, like yeah. dabbing shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm all for like good low temp dabs, things like that. But sometimes you get online, these content creators or people that yeah, are chasing so the likes. Corny. The dudes that do the, they'll take the concentrates and do the slab dabs. Is what yes, they call them. man. And they'll take a fucking ounce of dabs and lower it on there. It's like, bro, smoking a fucking gram of, yeah. I mean, I, I know I have friends that are like into the heady glass by yeah. the, spend thousands on just you know dab rigs and now that's see, stuff yeah. but we'll do we'll do fucking a gram of dabs in one sitting like literally at once yeah just to see if they can do it and it's like dude that cannot be good to right. burn something throw that into your lungs and then i don't know how good it is quantity. for the culture either because i you know i actually really respect like you know the what the dab uh rig cult like that kind of turned into as far as yeah. like the pieces of glass, the artwork, yeah. like when I you mean, actually an art form and that, that stuff's yeah. pretty cool when you really, you know, get into it more. Cause it's a little bit of a niche, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's very, you know, it goes pretty deep, but yeah, I mean, buying now thinking about that too, like where I'm going to buy like a $5,000 rig and then like fucking heat it up that hot to drop all that shit on there. I'm like, I don't know that that's, that ain't good for the art not, either. Not good. And, yeah. And it just, it's just fucking, it's kind of childish. Right. Right. I mean, um, cause you just wonder too, it's like, I've seen some of those videos, but I would like, like what, what's happening next? Like, I mean, I've done some huge dabs here and there, but some of that You're stuff, man. POPD and coughing a shitload. Right. I mean, it's gotta get, I mean, throwing up, running like shit in their pants yeah, or something. Dab sweats. <laughs> right. You've had that. You did too big of a dab and you like, feel like you're going to throw up and then you're just sweating for oh. five minutes till it wears off. Oh man, it's, yeah, oh, man. And then it's, it's like, like you start doing dabs like that. I mean, flour ain't gonna do the trick anymore, man. So I'm going back to it. You know, we're it's about yeah. to be campaign season again. I'm about to make flour great yeah. again, baby. <laughs> yeah, Mafa, Mafa. <laughs> yeah, see, no, I gotta be. That's not even right. I said it wouldn't be. I was trying to do MAGA. <laughs> right, right, right. MF, make flour. MFGA. I don't know yeah. how the fuck. Make flower great again. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some shirts made. But then that's the thing. Nobody would see the actual flower. They would just see that that they would see that M and that that yeah. box, and you'd be a bullseye and better run. No, <laughs> no. I think those would be great shirts. I, I mean, I think you'd have the. I wouldn't use the red. I'd probably make it like. No, a, I would just put on a black shirt with like yeah. white print. Yeah, I would make do like that or like a like a cool like an earth tone like dark green or something yeah. like make fire great again. See if Ransom will do that on his next line. Actually, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to go see the new store too. Yeah, shout out to our friend who's been on the show many times, Ryan Ransom. Just opened up his new Ransom Supply store in 
Columbus, Ohio, uh, and it's Easton. Yeah, it's Easton. So everybody um, go check it out. I hope he's listening to the show. He tells me he listens to the show. So what's up, Ryan? Uh, yeah, but it's, hey, it's man. Crazy. I'm going to the grand opening tomorrow. Absolutely. Hey, tell everyone there tomorrow that I said hello. Tell everyone I said, you know, check out the show, stash it or pass it. Episode 15. Thank you so much, my friend. Here we are on the traffic report with my man, Dr. B. Thank you. All right, man. And that's a wrap, folks. Episode 15 in the books from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being here with us. We are just getting started, my friends. And as always, don't forget to check those show notes. One link in particularly that you're going to want to check out is Letters to the Universe, The Love of My Life. Her newest book just came out. It's an interactive manifesting and affirmations journal. It's a great resource. It's a great tool. It's a great gift. It's a great stocking stuffer. Great for the holidays and great for the new year. Let's go, baby. Go buy it for everybody you love everybody you don't love, and everybody else in between. We'll see you next week, my friends. Stash it.